Hi, and welcome once again to Moral High Ground, where we talk about what's morally right to you. And today, I'm trying to talk about what, let's see, how can I say this? How to keep your happiness away from those who don't want to see you happy. Now, I know this sounds stupid. Well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe, I don't know, I just think I sound stupid. (laughs) Anyway, the thing is, is happiness is, to me, I think, the hardest thing to obtain. I can't speak for other people. Some people are happy with trying to do things their way. Maybe some people are happy with the thrill of doing bad things. Other people are happy with trying to cause chaos. Some people are just happy with the comfort of having something they like, like a, some kind of technology or a dog or something, you know, something to make them feel good inside, you know, heartwarming feelings, you know, and it all depends on what their form of happiness is. Me, I like laughing watching things that make me laugh, Uh, you know, just being happy in my mind with certain things, not really too much, I mean, trying to have interactions with other people to find happiness, I don't really feel that like most people, and I don't know, maybe it's just a lot of stuff in the past and my upbringing or whatnot, but it's just, I just choose my happiness when it comes from, like, little joys I get from watching movies or playing video games. Some people aren't like that. They can't stand watching movies or playing video games all day long or whatever. For me, it's, you know, relaxes me, safe, and I get to study uh, film in a certain way and video games as well and obtain a certain knowledge from them. You can also learn how body language is by watching film and stuff, so and just to basic, you know, way humans uh, move about, but my point is this, happiness is, you know, that's just my happiness, the type of thing that I like, you know, just small portion of things, you know, and it doesn't mean it's like that 24-7, and then, you know, everybody's happiness isn't all the time, it just isn't, 24-7, people aren't happy all day long, you know, you get really bored, you know, that's why... It's a funny thing to me how reality shows will say they're reality shows, but they don't show the boredom during the day. I mean, some point of the day, you're bored. You know, other than that, it's just like, okay, this is fake. (laughs) You ultimately got to think reality shows are fake. Yeah, they'll show the happy moments. They'll show the crazy moments, the sad moments. But where's the boredom? Ultimately, boredom... It's something that's taken out of the whole film industry. I mean, I don't care if it's a cartoon, a movie, a reality show, game show, boredom is gone. And all you see is like people sitting there with these reactions based off of either action, fear, sadness, joy, lust. But where's the boredom? It's that boredom, I think. That makes us human in a way because we get to sit there and ponder our thoughts. And the thing about it is, do we have happy thoughts or negative thoughts? 
And most people, I think, have negative thoughts or they have a negative opinion on themselves or the world in general. And it's those negative thoughts that can corrupt the goodness in their souls as well as their proper etiquette towards other people, which ultimately is a good gesture, is a, a good thing, brings positivity, make you happy, you know, happy thoughts, happy people, you know. And if people thought like that, it'd be a lot better. But no one thinks like that. I usually think like that, though, where I'm thinking like, hey, I have happy thoughts. I want to hang around happy people. And I want happy things and good things happen in my life. Some people just aren't happy with that. You know, they've got to have chaos. they got to have that edge, that, that push, that drive to make them feel like they're alive. You know, one of my favorite James Bond movies you know, uh, was a 90s movie with Prince uh, Pierce Broston. Can't even say his name right, right now, but it was a good movie because uh, it's called The World Is Not Enough. And in the movie, uh, the character, the main character, villain, I should say, super villain, is uh, this girl. And you find out later, and I just probably ruined it for you guys. I've never seen The World Is Not Enough, but go watch it, because it's a damn good movie, it's one of the best James Bond movies, even if you didn't think it is a James Bond movie, it's a good action movie all together, with a good plot line and storyline, that have you going wild, this is pretty good, but uh, anyway, so the, the girl in the movie, she quotes a line that's given by another bad guy, and her line, she says, there's no point in living if you can't feel alive. I even Garbage sung the song to this, uh, the rock band Garbage, big in 94 when it came out with, it's only happy when, I'm only happy when it rains. And, you know, that's a, that was a good song back then. I remember oh, a lot of people liking Garbage, and Garbage still sounds good. You know, I know it sounds crazy, but that's the name of the band. Go look it up. She's a good singer, and... Some of her songs used to play in all kinds of places, beauty bars, all kinds of stuff. And uh, she's also the Terminator in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> you know, so go check that out because you can watch uh, the lead singer from Garbage on there. But my point is, in a James Bond movie, it's the line she says is, there's no point in living if you can't feel alive. Now, for whatever reason, when I watch this movie, and I still watch it time to time, because it's, the, like I said, a damn good movie, uh, I always trip out on some of the stuff she says in that movie. And I remember watching it with an old buddy of mine, and he was like, she's crazy, dude. That's why she's saying that stuff. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, fuck, man. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, like, But that part made sense to me, because... Some people, this that's that boredom. This that I'm telling you, it's that boredom, the lack of having something to do, the lack of having some kind of skill that keeps you busy, and you're sitting there and you're like, dang, you know, my life sucks. My life feels miserable, you know. And they get into this depression, and then it turns into misery, and misery turns into sorrow, and then after that, you're just gone completely loopy. You didn't want to be a super villain, a 
a regular ass common criminal hell he can be a white collar criminal on top of that you can become a mass serial killer because you can't control how you feel when you're bored but when she says there's no point living if you can't feel alive she's doing all this stuff in the movie if you watch it and it's like extreme crap it's a big game and twisted and explosions and chaos and dude that can't feel pain and all this crap right and so it made me think like okay you gotta go to extremes to make yourself feel alive you gotta push yourself to a certain level to make yourself happy you know and when I thought of this I thought to myself people some people are just you know I thought about all the people I know that are like family members and gang bangers or drug dealers back in, you know, and family members that were in war and all kinds of crap, you know, and, uh, and I mean literally war, like uncle that was in Vietnam, all my, my dad and his brother and so many different other uncles and stuff was in the, the Korean War, so, you know, and so when I say war, I mean war, okay, and what I'm talking about it is they had a certain attitude they carried with them all the time, especially my father and a couple of my other uncles, but the other ones be happy and joyful because they had a thing to keep them calm, relaxed, happy. And so what I'm saying is you got to keep your happiness because you are at war with the world when it comes to protecting yourself. Happiness is another thing that has to be protected. I know I, I talk about like, Protecting women and children, protecting the, you know, sanctity of, of a species, you know, our whole, you know, whole humanity by trying to make sure people have children, you know, talk about protecting yourself and all this, but happiness itself has to be protected, ultimately, because if you're happy, you don't need no one to destroy it, no one destroy your happiness, the good feelings you got inside thing that makes you wake up in the morning thank god you're a man or a woman you know so it's like you gotta stop people from saying hey i'm gonna come out and, and i'm gonna go get this guy's money and we're gonna play like we're his friends and make him party with us and make him buy some pizza and, and beer and whiskey and all this crap for what so they can feel satisfied not you their happiness not yours you know one of the things that People try to do a lot with me because they don't understand. They think like I'm dying for attention or whatever. And I really don't. I really don't really care, you know. But it's like I don't care. You know, I like to drink by myself most of the time. And the thing about it is, I don't overindulge. Now God says, "Don't drink uh, to get drunk, but drink in moderation." So I found a way to drink in moderation. At the same time, if I get drunk, I really don't realize it until later on. But <laughs> maybe that's not godly like or whatnot. But the thing I'm trying to say is I don't harm nobody. There was a friend of mine whose stepfather when I was in high school said, uh, you know, he gave us like, now they don't even make these anymore, okay? And if they do, it's not in my state. It's probably somebody else's state, the United States of America. Okay, so... This guy says, like, you know, he's my friend's stepdad, and he gave us this big bottle, 64-ounce bottle, of cult uh, beer. And 
and it was like it was New Year's Eve and stuff. I was like, hey, you guys can drink this, but don't leave the house. You know, when you drink, just stay where you at when you get drunk. Don't don't go nowhere when when you're drinking. And that was his big advice. <laughs> his big advice was just stay there, stay where you are when you're drinking, and don't go nowhere. Because if you go somewhere, you get in trouble. And I'll be damned if that man wasn't right. Okay, I'm in my 40s, I'm 43 now, and I've been drinking all over the city. And I ain't talking about just going to bars. You know, my routine used to be in my 20s and early 30s. You know, with 30s, it was kind of like dying down a little bit. But more in my 20s, I would drive around, go to one tea bar, and I get drunk and flirt with the chicks. And then I, when I'm like feeling good there, I mean, I'll be there for like maybe an hour. And then I go to another bar and do the same thing. <laughs> and then somewhere between the third, the second and third bar, I go get some Chinese food. <laughs> I go to this certain Chinese restaurant. Everybody knows what Chinese restaurant that knows me. They're like, oh, show you going to you going to the garden, the Chinese garden. Yeah, goddamn right I am. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like it's just a thing. I would go to another one after that. I go to one more bar after that, but one that has like a lot of gambling, like video poker or something. So that's the thing I would do, and. And ultimately, I would have fun when I was by myself and be happy. And, you know, I enjoyed the girls, you know, I enjoyed the drinking and stuff. And it really wasn't a thing where I'm sitting there trying to to date the strippers and stuff like other people. They want to date the dancers and stuff. Me, I'm having a good time with them. I'm drinking with them. I'm like, screaming like, yeah, I got to bring the party, you know. Because I'm not trying to be weird and just stare at them, you know. I noticed that, like, when I was with my twins, guys just coming to the bar, and they just stared at the girls, and the girls were sitting there dancing and stuff, but they looked, the dudes looked really freaking creepy, man, so I come in, and I'm like, hey, what's going on, yeah, you know, and then there's days where I come in, you're a little bummed out or whatever, but whatever, you get a couple drinks, and you feel loose, you know, but, you know, there's, there's stories I can tell about that, but... Lots of them where, where I come in, I'm having a good time, and there's crazy guys there trying to intimidate these females or make them feel uncomfortable with their job because it's their job, you know. And if somebody comes in and you're making it more lively, then the girls are going to have fun, they're going to enjoy themselves, you know, whatever. So that's, that's just how it goes. So my thing is this, you know, because I went all over off topic, but. When you're drinking, stay home and drink. Because there's less drama. You know, I've been places where I'm drinking, parties, mostly. And you end up in fights with people. And you'd be like, what the hell, you know? Somebody's got you there, you're supposed to be your friend or something. And you end up arguing with someone else over some nonsense. Either it's over a girl or someone's jealous of you or they're trying to they dog you out because they don't know who you are, you know. So it's just too much drama. It's best to drink by yourself at your house. And maybe you're not a you know, person like me that's comfortable with just being alone, but maybe someone that's, you know, you're codependent with or whatever, you know, drink with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And have a good time, play some music, dance, you know, romance the girl, you know. That's what I used to do with several girlfriends in the past. I used to just be like, you know, we're drinking, she come in, like, what's going on with you? You know, I do some goofy crap, and, and they would argue, but then I turn it around, and we're dancing, we hugging, whatever, we're drinking, you know, it's fun. And then, you know, ultimately, you go and you do the nasty, the, the twisted tango. <laughs>
Okay. But it's that's a form of happiness and closeness. You know, I don't know if people do that, you know. To sit back with their woman and do things without having you don't have to go out and drink with the boys. Fuck the boys. Because they're jealous and all they want to do is say, Hey, I, I have your girlfriend. I share it for her and I want you want to do that. You know, you want a connection, a strong connection with a woman to get that happiness. Find things that you can enjoy together or create one, you know, and be able to to see her smile anymore. I don't see what's wrong with just seeing a woman smile, making her laugh. You know, most guys like the chaos and drama with the females and they want to argue and choke one of them. I'm going to leave because I don't want to argue. I don't like a woman that talks too much or screaming all the time or one that's miserable all the time. That drives me nuts. I'm a guy that naturally, I don't know if it's just my instinct or my nature, but I always try to help people. So if a woman tells me that she needs some help, I try to help her. But if it's every day, you got a problem every day, you need help. Think about, I mean, shit, even Superman would be tired. <laughs> you know? So I was just like, no, I don't want to hear it. The tire is draining and it's not making me happy, but it's making another person happy, the female happy, because no one's paying attention to her. No one's giving her that love. And so I believe someone has to step out and try to reach out a hand and a friendly ear and help out some of these females that are lonely out here and make them happy. And the same thing with the guys, you know. There's so many dudes on YouTube and uh and Reddit and all these places talk about relationships, you know. There's some other thing I was on, I forget what it was. Uh some other platform. And the guys are talking about you know, there's this one guy really good, I mentioned him before on YouTube and he's got the women dissected to a T almost, but he doesn't got the cultural types of women down to a T. You know? But the thing about it is he's he able to explain the personality of a woman pretty well. Except for he's missing a couple things, you know. Me, I understand most of the stuff he's saying is accurate, you know. A couple of these guys are really accurate, really good. Except for I've dealt with it way too many times. <laughs> and way too much uh, I guess you could call it self abuse because you're abusing yourself when you know you're with something wrong but yet you choose to be with it just so you don't feel like you know what I mean you don't want to hurt the other person you don't want to I don't know stop the love that you had for them at one time you know maybe you can change it around but that type of whole relationship becomes tedious and tiresome on you as an individual, so I recommend if things ain't working, best to leave it alone. You know, best to get rid of it or leave it alone. And just be honest. Look, I, I want to break up. That's something better to do. I don't feel like I need to be in a relationship, something like that. But then again, I tried that. <laughs> so don't take that as advice. Because when I tried it, the girls just act like I'm lying to them or something, like I'm being stupid. You know, I want one ex-girlfriend, I'll tell her that shit, she says, I ain't going nowhere, you ain't, and we ain't breaking up, you stupid, you need me, da 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 and I don't even need her. <laughs> they think you're playing when you're telling them that, because they think God's supposed to be obsessed with them, but it's just the truth, it's time to go, I'm ready to go do Shelby stuff. 
and that's what I did. So, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of just going all over the place here, but what I'm trying to say is this, okay? Enjoy your happiness. Don't be around bitter people, people that's jealous, and ultimately, if you have a lifetime of achievements you made, even if they're small achievements, some little type of creations, whatever, and this is going out to all the people who, you know, try to make their life successful in any way possible. If you try to make a business, or you try to become a musician, a YouTuber, or you know, anything, I can go on and on. You know, my list, okay, I'm 43. I'm a black man. My list of trying to create small business ventures goes on for a long time since the beginning of my teens till now. And so, I have a list of all these things I've done. And I got proof to back them up, you know. But I don't feel the need to, to sit there when somebody's talking to someone and going, Oh, uh, yeah, right, you didn't do this. Yeah, right, you know. That type of person does not like you, need you around just to entertain themselves. And so you have to understand that, especially if the person's older than you and they have no list of achievements. This person ultimately despises you because you live life. It might have not been the way other people live their lives. It might not have been a, one of them parties where you're just on a, lot, a, a yacht and you're just sitting there chilling and drinking and whatnot. But it was a life you lived to try to achieve greatness for satisfaction for yourself and to try to succeed in this world. So be proud of that. But ultimately, back away from that person that takes everything you're saying as a lie and negativity because that person doesn't know because they don't try to do that. And ultimately, they're been around some bad people who's not used to doing anything as well, but used to bringing negativity. So with that, when, it, when a person says that, it's automatically telling you that that person doesn't trust you and it doesn't trust at all. Because if you can tell somebody something, especially if you said something, you know, like I had a business, a small business, like let's say it was a food cart. I had a food cart business and, and I had it for two years and God goes, I'm just giving you an example here, a scenario. And the guy says, oh, uh, I uh, I don't believe you, you're lying. Blah, blah, blah. And then there's times I say, yeah, right, and all this, you know. Well, that person will never, ever own one and will never, ever trust you, okay? Because they're used to being in a bad spot and around something where no one achieves. They don't even think about success. And I'm telling you there's so many people out there because one thing the government and the governments of the world realize is they realize that some people are just followers okay they're lambs to the slaughter and they will follow to the dying day they will be labor workers to the dying day they will be uh, fast food restaurant workers they will always follow they will never try to achieve greatness and even, I mean, it could be a simple thing if they did it for a small time and they moved on. But if they stayed stuck, they're not going anywhere. And so, to stay happy, avoid these type of people. Avoid the woman that complains all the time and is always miserable and always crying because there's something wrong there. 
Hey, water, that's emotional. She switched from happy to sad to angry. That's not good either. It's emotional. You know? And I've been trying to break myself of trying to spend time with females like this, but it seems to be the only thing that keeps coming my way lately. And I passed up a good Asian hottie that I was madly in love with and had these badass race cars. But it was stupid because I was sitting there thinking about this emotional chick that I was dealing with. And it was all jacked up, man. And I think it's because I've been in too many relationships with women who have emotional uh, problems and disturbing issues. So it's just not good. It's bad. So you just want to be happy. So whatever it is you like, do it. Whatever it is you think you want to know how to do, do it. And I'm going to say this. Try to learn everything on your own that will make you happy. If you want to build a little robot, figure out how to do it. Okay, <laughs> I don't care. But be happy, okay? Because happiness is the key to God and key to all humanity. Because to bring humanity together. So if you can find that, find that happiness, that little bit of joy, that little bit of spark that will make your life worth living, you know what I'm saying? And make you feel alive and do it. And with that being said, this is the great Shelby Lee Kyle's. And this has been Moral High Ground. Peace be with you and blessings upon you always. Farewell. Hi, and welcome to Moral High Ground where I talk about what's morally right to you. I know it's been a while. I've been kind of in a funk. You know, depression comes to us all. And, you know, it's just hard right now to survive. And the main focus is what I'm going to talk about is pretty much on that same route, you know. Uh, depression comes because we lack our, and doubt ourselves. You know, we lack our abilities to achieve something. Too much procrastinating, I think, gets to somebody. And then just giving up or being tired altogether, you know. And it's hard to work with people and these jobs will tire you out and not just the fact that you're working a job but you have to put up with different personalities of the job so it's almost like you're working on your character to be able to work the job I mean maybe that's just my opinion but that's how I feel like you're working on your own personality you're trying to make other people happy as well as work the job in some cases you're trying to avoid people altogether at the job so it becomes something that, you know, really toxic and in a way because it eats at you because it takes up all your day. But then if you weren't working, what would you do with your day? <laughs> so it's kind of like a back and forth all over the place type of situation. I uh, try to stay creative during the day, come up with many ideas on many different things. It seems like there's not enough time in the day. Maybe if we went by some old calendar... You know, I forget the name, how you would pronounce the old calendar, and ours is archaic or some crap. I forget the names right now. <laughs> you know, you know, most I can tell you is the days of the weeks are named after the gods, and the planets are named after the gods, and, you know, there's some kind of god complex within the thing that, uh, the way we celebrate the year, something about a, a Sumerian text type of thing, like the, you know, before Hebrew type of thing or whatever. You know, and we use 
times a Hebrew or Christian type of year tracking. I can't remember, but it's something like that. And I'm pretty positive somebody out there knows what I'm talking about, even though I'm not making any sense right now with it. But uh, it's just not enough time in the day sometimes to achieve things you want. And you get behind on things and you forget things. And, you know, what I want to say is, you know, it takes time to sit back and plan things out. You know, sometimes you can write a schedule on what you're going to do today and try to achieve all that. Sometimes you got to put stuff on a back burner because things don't go according to plans. And that has to do with, like, let's just say you got to change your, you know, get your new tires on the car or something. And you go there, but they're scheduled to, to do a whole bunch of other people's cars. So you got to do it yourself, maybe. You know, some people don't, you know, even want to change a tire or know how to change a tire, believe it or not. So it's like... You're going to wait and your whole appointment's messed up. So now you got to cross it off the schedule and put it for another day. I'm just using a core example. I know how to change a car tire, of course. But I'm just saying it's just a little odd on how certain things and events play out that can alter your day or your mood. And most things that's unpredictable is your human interactions during the day. So how many people you talk to and... Depending on their mood or situation, you never know. Someone could be in a happy mood because they won a lottery or something, or somebody could be in a pissy mood because their life ain't going the way they want, or they're just really bitter and angry inside or whatever. But it rubs off on you and starts to take an effect. And I think too much negativity brings forth depression and, and stuff like that. But I'm just saying the ways to get out of it, you know, is to try to stick to things you believe in, hobbies, uh, like things you like, you know, sometimes the things you like become really boring and dull and you got to find new things to create, new, new, not just to create, but to do, to keep yourself entertained, you know, and some people just dwell in their depression, so there's got to be a way to reach out and make people, you know, happy and, you know, be able to get past the whole depression uh, thing. The main focus, the main thing I see a problem with is people dwell on the past. And if we want to move forward, you got to leave the past behind. I don't care if it was a past relationship you had with a lover. You won't be able to get a new relationship with a lover if you're stuck on the old stuff. And I don't care if it's something to do with a family problem. You know, you won't be able to make a new family if you're constantly dwelling with the crap with your old family. Or be able to make up with the family you had a problem with if you stuck on something that they did. But ultimately, families hold grudges because they always remember something about the other individual that they can't let go. Or something that they choose to be jealous of or whatever. It's just so many petty nonsenses. And when it comes to that type of situation, that's how many, so many people were able to spread all over the earth. Somebody like had a family member that didn't fit in and he moved on and created a family and then there was another one somewhere down the line that didn't fit in and they moved on and just kept going on and on. And That's why we're all, so many humans everywhere and all spread all over the planet. And so, you gotta think the Bible's kind of right that we're all relatives, but, you know, all the little petty, you know, thoughts and ignorance, you know, makes people feel separated and says, okay, this person is that race or that person. All that stuff's meaningless and retarded when it comes down to it. We all bleed the same. We all laugh the same at certain things. It's just certain human traits 
it doesn't matter what race you are, you still have them. You know, we all feel the same way when we think someone's behind us or, you know, whatever. You know, so them basic human traits, some little bits of humanity is what ties us all together and says that we have a common ancestor, you know, common relative, you know, and I don't think that's ever going away. You know, no matter how many times people want to change the humanities, you know, history or legend, we're always going to be there. So somewhere down the line, there's somebody in the DNA of all humans that's felt defeated, beat down, miserable, low down, however you want to say it. You know, they just was feeling low and they didn't know how to get out of that funk. You know, maybe a friend came by, got them out of the phone. Maybe they came up with something fun to do. You know, whatever. But I'm just saying, when you're feeling low, don't give up. Don't feel miserable. You know, just realize that you got value to it. But everybody has a day or maybe a day or two, who knows how long, where things ain't going right. It just gets to you and you're frustrated and you're like, you're tired and you're ready to give up. But I'm saying... There's always something more powerful going on somewhere later on in life and in your mind that can make you achieve greatness. Some of the most powerful people in history are legendary in a way. You know, notable people have felt defeat, have felt miserable, depressed, whatever. And they were able to conquer that and achieve the things they wanted. So I'm saying. And this, is, this whole episode is just a message of me saying don't give up. Don't let your depression bring you down. Don't let people make you feel like you're different because you feel depressed. You just got to get away from folks at a time, you know. It's kind of like if you're trying to quit smoking cigarettes or something. You, If you're around people, you know, and people pretty much make you smoke because they stress you out or whatever, you know. You got to get away from the people. You got to get your space or you can't feel whole, you know. And that's the truth. I mean, you will be able to quit smoking cigarettes a lot easier if there's nobody around bothering you, nothing stressing you out, you know, stuff like that. And so, and in some cases, cigarettes is another form of depression. You'd be like, oh, I can't quit smoking. Um, you can't quit drinking and stuff. And that's something that needs to be addressed, you know, is that you have to, get rid of the things that are bringing you down ultimately destroying your character and making you feel unstable and these things I'm mentioning right now are gateways to why people are so miserable you know and I think ultimately the ones that are worse are the extreme drugs that people do it makes them feel I think like separated from society but as well as feeling like miserable when they realize that they're not accepted by people that they once cared for and that's got to be a a depression that you know only a drug addict can tell you about you know as well as like you know trying to be able to maintain your life and ultimately missing out on so many things because you decided to take a life where you didn't care about your simple priorities you know and so that life is just ultimately a gateway to misery. I mean, it's crazy now how society just in so many states like Washington and Oregon here, 
and other states where they just, you know, pretty much letting people run around drug free. And what it's doing is just making it like the Wild West and people are going chaotic and there's deaths and all this crap. And like I said, that brings people down and make them miserable too. Like we're living in a place where pretty much it's like, you know, all for one and one for all type of thing. And we don't care. We like just shoot them up and that's not right. And there has to be some kind of structure in life. It has to be restraints and it has to be a boundaries that has to be set. You know, you can build a wall, like, you know, and have your walls up and don't let nobody in, but you still have to try to get to know people and have a heart for people. So there has to be a, a, a certain boundaries you don't break and certain rules you don't break so you can feel humble as a person. It's like bringing humbleness back is a great thing, I think, and it needs to occur. And uh, pretty much it's just... I mean, I can't, I'm just talking here. I don't really have too much to say. It's just something that I've been thinking about. You know, we all suffer from a form of depression. And I think a lot of it is the supposed American dream. None of us can truly live up to this concept that they put out there. You know, work for a living, be able to buy your own home, all this. You can't do this stuff if they steady raise prices on stuff. And... It's hard to budget money when bills are expensive. It's like I had to cut off a lot of my streaming services. I had like HBO Max, I had Hulu, I had uh, Netflix. Um, I mean, I can go on and on. And I had like, what do they call it, uh, Paramount, all this stuff. You know, and then it's like, okay, I lost my job at uh, Amazon. And then I was sitting there like, Man, I can't afford all this. So I just broke it down to like, you know, Tubi's free. So I use Tubi, even though there's some old stuff. But they got a lot of stuff I grew up watching, so it's cool. Like Buck Rogers and things like that. And, uh, and Kung Fu and all that. But they also had like, you know, the other streaming service I kept was Amazon Prime. Because I kind of like some of their shows they make. Not all of them. You know, but some of them. Plus, you have the option to go to other platforms, you know, purchase other platforms, uh, streaming services, I mean, on Amazon Prime. So that makes it a good thing. You can, like, sit there and, oh, I might want to listen, I might want to watch uh, MTV programming. So instead of just going to put the app on your thing, you can just go to Amazon Prime and get MTV, subscribe to it, and bang, you got another streaming service within Amazon Prime. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, CBS and so many other places. You can you know get them already on there and get stars, HBO, and all that put on uh, Amazon Prime. So it's like adding other streaming services to the streaming service that they already give you. But when I had got HBO Max, you know, I kind of was, was kind of stupid because I already had HBO on Amazon, but it was just like, let's get rid of that. But my whole point is just that that whole concept of trying to keep all these things, you know, and pay for all these things, it becomes overwhelming. And I, like, I know I always go off track, so hopefully you understand what I'm talking about. You're paying bills, you got the light bills, water bill, gas bill, this bill, that bill. And it becomes overwhelming. Some of the stuff we don't need. For the longest before I had a, my evil incident with my ex-girlfriend. She's evil. <laughs> I had a whole 
art, like a big ass collection of DVDs. And I remember when, when DVDs first came out, I was like, oh, I don't really care for this. And I have VHS, and I still got those VHS, even though no one has a VCR anymore. <laughs> but uh, I had this big ass collection. I had box series. I had all kinds of little stuff I like, like movies and shows and, you know, different genres, because I pretty much liked a lot of stuff. And so I had so many DVDs. It was like two walls on a bookshelf, two giant bookshelf walls full of DVDs, and the thing about it was, people kept saying, oh, there's a streaming services when those started coming out, and I'm like, nah, and they were telling me, like, when Netflix went from CDs to a streaming service, they're like, oh, you should pay us this much a month, and I'm thinking, what the hell I want to do that for, when I got DVDs, I already own them, I can just put them in any time, and watch what I want, they said, oh, but they got their original shows, and all this, and I'm thinking, that's crazy, you know what I mean, like, I'd rather have it on a box set, which makes more sense because if you get broke, completely broke, and you have no money, and then here's this, you know, you got like maybe power, like maybe you paid your power bill, and you want to watch something, and you can't afford the streaming service, then what are you going to do? You're going to sit there with nothing, and you got this antenna probably to get the regular TV, you know, which is stupid because... The original way was better. Picture tubes, though, I guess, were out of touch, so it's all plasma TVs. But you just used to plug the TV in and you had TV. You know, it wasn't like how it is now where you gotta, you know, have antennas or cable service and you gotta pay for streaming. So all this Wi Fi and all this stuff, it's actually more complicated now than it was back in the day. You know, people that's younger, you probably don't understand it, but I'm so serious. You could just, I get a TV, plug it in, you got four or five channels. You know, you got, you got your ABC, CBS, NBC, you got your PBS, you got your Channel 12, uh, which, which was uh, UPN, and then you had like Fox, and then later on came C, uh, WB, which is now CW because you UPN or UPN, I should say, formed a merger with Warner Brothers and became CW. But the whole thing about it is, it's like, you just plug a TV in and it's over with, you know? It's the same thing with phones. People, I believe, are a lot dumber now because, you know, they write numbers down, they put it in the phone, oh, what's the name, bang, and they call that person. It seems simple, it seems real easy, until you end up without a phone without your cell phone and you're somewhere stranded and you can't remember the number and you can't get in your phone because your phone died. So like, what's the number? But you know, but back in the day, you could remember every number. I used to remember like 20 numbers on hand. Like, oh, I'm gonna call Jeff. Oh, I know his number, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm gonna call my mom, I'm gonna call my aunt, call my cousin, I'm call my girlfriend. I have all their numbers memorized in my head that we're talking about, you know, nine digits, you know, I don't know what's it. You know, three, three, six, plus four. So it's ten digits now, I guess. But back then it was like nine or something like that, seven digits. You know, because there wasn't no area code when I was a kid. It was just, you know, the three numbers and then the four at the end, you know. And now it's like three plus three plus four. That's ten numbers. So, anyway, the whole thing about what I'm trying to say is this is like, they made it more complicated because if you could remember numbers, that means you were smart. That means you got a lot of stuff you could remember on hand and stuff, and it was easier. And yes, the internet was around slowly growing into what it is today, but 
it's overwhelming today. We had technology. Like, I remember Nintendo came out in 85, and we had all this Nintendo stuff. I had video game systems before that, but, you know, it was little tiny stuff. They ain't like how it is now and, and stuff. Now you got video games where it's just straight shooting all the time and uh, all this stuff. But all the little games like Mario, the complicated shit, like Ninja Gaiden and all that. And Castlevania used to drive me crazy, but I just always play it. But... You know, you run around, you're trying to do all this crap. And so now it's like the advanced version of Mario and Castlevania and stuff is a lot different, you know, than the stuff we had back in the day. And it would be something you play for a while, and because the game would always either die, you got to blow in the cartridge or whatever, you would get bored of doing that and you want to go find something to do. I know it sounds stupid, but the blowing in the cartridge and dying all the time, man, you go, okay, I'm going to go outside and ride a bike. <laughs> and now they perfected it to where nothing messes up kind of most of the time and you're sitting there like well I can play and you end up playing for a whole day and a half so it's like way different you know but games can take you away from depression too or cause a whole different type of you know thought you know you never know but it takes a stress away from you when I'm on a game and I'm doing things and stuff my thing is this is society changed and I believe you can get a lot more depressed nowadays than you could back in the old day. And that's the truth. You know, because you have so many options on things nowadays. I mean, just look at all the streaming services I've named. That means ultimately there's so much stuff to watch. It's oversaturated with material, plus YouTube, plus BitChute, plus all these other places. You got so much stuff to watch that it becomes overwhelming and at the same time it's like brain numbing all this stuff they watch because some of the stuff is just not worth watching and it's sad about my youtube channel some people say it's not worth watching but it's you know it's cool but you know and the same thing with a lot of other stuff with music and things there's so much music now if you think how music started back with jazz and all that to where it is now and then you're like I mean, it keeps making music and it's like how many songs can you make that someone ain't sung words in that way before or made music in that type of way before so it's just like like crazy it's oversaturated and so with all those options that already can frustrate somebody as well as you know all the different options on how to live your life people got all these uh, life coach people they tell you how to date they tell you how to eat they tell you how to exercise tell you how to <laughs> go about presenting yourself for work you know there's lots of I guess you call them influencers or whatever and so they're doing all this and it's like wow like who do I listen to which one's right <laughs> I think Jesus maybe or Buddha who knows but you know there's all these different things and so then it comes to the, the organizations there's so many different groups who's right is it PETA is it the Greenpeace, is it the feminist movement, is it the Mangalore Way movement, is it the, you know, I can go on on how, which religion is right, too many religions, so there's just so many options, everything's confusing someone, and I think people have to find that humbleness in themselves, that true happiness in themselves, like the episode before, you gotta keep, how to keep your happiness, you gotta find a way to keep your happiness, and then with this episode, you gotta find a way to break the depression, to break the mold, find a way that will make you completely comfortable and be happy with what you have. You know, 
And it's very important to be happy with what you have because what you have will dictate your life, you know, who you are, your character. You know, don't be quick to buy the new thing. Yes, there's an Xbox Series X. It costs about $800 maybe. Why worry about it buying a new thing? You probably ain't beat all the games on the old thing, you know. Maybe there's something you never knew was cool that's there, you know. It's, it's like with me, it's simple because when somebody was calling me like a sloth saying I move super slow why everything moves fast around me and they weren't talking about my personality or how I move because I actually do move kind of fast for a big guy but it's about the fact that in time period I'm kind of stuck behind and I don't really understand what the hell's going on when it comes to society and everything hence why I do this podcast type stuff and YouTube and things I would like to talk about how I can see the world changing at the same time the problems with the changes and there's tons of them and there's flaws and a lot of people aren't aware of what they're into and my point is just that all this stuff can be solved if people sit back take the time and actually instead of complaining and all this come together and say how can we change this to make it comfortable and reasonable for all of us you know, I think people had better mindsets in the past, even though they might all had individual minds, they still thought in a singular way, like a lot of people all believed in God, so it was able, it was able for them to be able to communicate with each other better, and be able to like each other better, and then a lot of people in some ways, you know, might have had the same superstitions and belief, and that superstitions was able to unite them, like, oh, we all believe that witches should be burned or something, you know, I'm just giving that out of scenario, not trying to make fun of anybody who's wicked or anything, you know, but I'm just saying, like, you know, they believe certain things, and it's what kept society growing strong, and, you know, people had, like, for instance, faith and strength in America, now people don't got that, they got people that side against America, I was talking about it being treason on, uh, Instagram, I don't know if that actually stayed posted on there or got removed, but either way, that's another thing I'm going to talk about in a couple days or so, but my main focus is try to keep your positivity and try to defeat the negativity that will bring you down and keep you miserable and try while you're depressed to figure a way you can make success. It's the only way to move forward and to achieve something and get away from the bitterness and the wickedness that surrounds you and certain people. And with that being said, this is Moral High Ground. Peace be with you all and blessings, my friends. First off, our cars, we drive them on the left side. 
the majority of the world drives on the right side. They drive all day long on the right side of the passenger seat, or, well, that would be the driver's seat in their country. In our country, you know, left side is natural, feels good, you know, you know how to roll with one hand, at least I do, and, you know, you just drive, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you're on the opposite side once you're in another country, and you got to think about how many accidents in the world happen when Americans get onto another country and have to drive on the other side. They're accustomed to driving a certain way, so it's backwards to other people in those countries, and maybe it's the way it's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be on the right side instead of the left, even though Ford was invented and, you know, whole thing with Plymouth and the wagon companies, but anyway, it's going out of topic, and I do this all the time, my nature, but that's just one concept I have on America being backwards, you know, and the other one, the main one, serious one and it's not really that serious but it just makes me think okay we have the you know the difference between the metric system okay and, you know people go kilometer or we call it uh, kilograms and stuff and we do pounds and and you know all this crazy stuff and it's just all confusing you know you go to another country every other country doesn't have the system we have to measure things you know America's the only one so it's either a fact that America made this concept to be right and everybody else in the world is wrong, or maybe it's just the fact that my opinion on a lot of things about America uh, teaching things knowledge-wise has to do with confusing the populace and confusing the hell out of people, okay? And honestly, it's like, that's really crazy, man. Like, how can you make go from feet and yards to kilograms and kilometers or whatever and it's all backwards and, and if you think about it you still have to know the other system because if you were talking to someone in another country and they start talking about you know you, you're talking about feet and stuff and they don't go by feet and like what the hell you know so it's confusing it makes it backwards it's a backward system if we're the only one in the world the only country in the world that follows a system and you still have to know the other system to be able to communicate on what's going on, someone tells you, oh, you know, we're going to, you know, this many liters, and there's no such thing as liters in a certain way, or, you know, kilometers, or kilograms, and, you know, it's just all insane, so it would make somebody think that America is backwards, you know, because of the fact that they created a backward system that is, you know, only known to America, and I think that makes us a little bit slow in a way you know but i guess if you want to you can learn multiple things that other people don't know uh, i don't know or at least more knowledge i had something there i'm tripping over my own words and i felt retarded but <laughs> the thing is this okay so what i'm trying to say is this american concept is backwards so if our systems like the car this metric system thing. Um, there's other concepts I can throw out there. A whole form of government for a sec. But we got three branches of government, but people only focus on two, which is the House of Representatives and the presidential uh, candidate or president or whatever. You know, and no one really cares about the Pentagon and all this other stuff unless there's an acts of war. 
Oh, and let's not forget about the Supreme Court. And so, I mean, there's always different things, and I'm just adding in more stuff. But you know what I'm saying. We're supposed to have three branches of government, but yet people only focus on Congress people and the president. That's the main ones you hear about all the time. In the news, you're always hearing about Congress, and you're always hearing about the president. No one really talks about the Supreme Court justice or these other things. And the Supreme Court is like, gotta be a really crappy job. Your lifetime of being in the Supreme Court might make your judgments a little uh, swayed towards some other cause that doesn't benefit anybody except for your own agenda in your pocket. So and that's kind of, I think, the same thing with these presidents that are lifetime presidents. You know, it still comes from a form of royalty, whether you believe it or not. Like, hey, there's a king, there's a queen type of thing. And, you know, there's a monarchy type of thing. And, this, and the thing that's funny to me, and it's always have been funny, is certain presidents try to have their own monarchy. And he's like, oh, the son of this president or daughter of this president. You know, Roosevelt had his cousin or our nephew, I mean. And then here you got Bush and Bush Jr. And you got all these people. You got all these people just running around here trying to, you know, claim something for their own mean benefit. You know, it's like here you got Clinton was president and his wife wants to be president. And in my mind, in my eyes, and I could be wrong and I might be persecuted and slandered and whatnot behind this thought of judgment. But here you got a guy who was president of the United States of America. He didn't really do much as president. I can't tell you anything that was really interesting except for this one speech he was talking about. I was eating off these things for years. I didn't know they were sporks. And, you know, he did his whole thing with, you know, Monica Lewinsky or whatever her name was. And, and you know, he still was loved, which is the weirdest crap. Some crap about smoking weed. That's the only thing I remember about Bill Clinton. And I, the 90s was like my, my thing. So, <laughs> like, his wife comes out of nowhere and she's like, I'm going to be president of the United States. And not just once, but multiple times. And still, even now, after Trump was president and Biden is president, she still wants to be president of the United States. So it makes me think, and guys are easily swayed by the woman they want or care for or love with. So I'm thinking she talked him into being president of the United States. And his whole presidency was really Hillary Clinton's presidency. No. And I know this has nothing to do with the, city, the world being backwards, but if you think about it, it does make America backwards because here's a woman that talked a guy into being doing something when he should be already be wanting to do it for himself. And I think the same thing as with Clinton, I mean, uh, Obama, the same thing. And the reason why is because Michelle talks about stuff in public more, I guess, than Obama himself. But my whole thing is this, okay? If all these systems we created is backwards, I mean, really backwards, you know, then it means that people's minds are backwards. You know, there's no real straightforward thought. You know, people might, some people might think things straightforward, straight to the point, and get it done, get it over with. But then there's others that think in between the lines those that think outside of it and the thing about it is it causes so many different debates divisions and arguments because people all have too much different thought they don't have one singular thought and if everybody did it'd be a lot easier but the thing about it is 
in this generation, you can't form a singular thoughts when there's so many different opinions, there's so many different choices, there's so many different options, there's so many different things to keep you occupied. You know, one one person might like just being at home, being on the computer. Another person might like going skiing. Another one might like going out to go box or fish or whatever. You know, lift weights and fight, whatever. But the thing about it is you really shouldn't lock in on what someone else is doing in their life. You know, you should just say, okay, with this world the way it is now, there's so many different options. You know, it makes things a little confusing for some people or overwhelming. And I think a lot of people are overwhelmed and don't even realize it. But the thing I'm saying is this, is that become upside down, twisted and all around because of the fact that there is all these options. That another country might be more calmer because they actually have a singular mind. And so they look at America as backwards because everybody's all over the place and they think different than the people in that country there might be someone that thinks oh you know like for instance like because they're always going on about the women thing oh you know we can't find women because women's rights whatever and then in other countries they're like oh you know we gotta find a man we love and all this you know and you know stuff like that so the women are easily swayed to fall in love with a man you know instead of in this country like i said women's rights they kind of change the way women think about it and all the other crap that goes on between men and women. So it's a backwards way of thinking, in a way. I'm not saying, I'm just using it as an example, you know. I'm not, it's not something where I'm trying to say, oh, don't believe in women's rights and all this crap. But I'm just saying there's probably a reason why these other countries don't do that or support that. It's because of the fact that they're, you know, coming from centuries and centuries of people believing in one way. I mean, America's a young country still, even though it's been around for, I don't know, 500 years now. You know, it doesn't hold weight to a country that's been around for over 3,000 years or a country that's been around for even 2,000 years. It's just, it's not. It's a toddler still. You know, is, I mean, if you think about it, it really is. People are going to go, oh, no, it's not. Native Americans were here, but they didn't name it America. And they didn't have the concept that the white men brought to America. And they didn't bring all these things that are forms of confusion, chaos, and greed. Not to mention just straight insanity. Because something just doesn't make sense and will drive you completely insane. And most likely to do some stuff that's outrageous that will incarcerate you. So, I mean, it's just the fact that people don't ponder the fact that our country's young and the things that it's trying to do is almost like a child turning against its parent and saying, I'm going to do these things my way. I don't care what you do. I'm going to do it this way. And everything you try to do that way is a, is a slap in the face to your parents. And that's what America does ever since it branched out from England. You know, it said, okay, we're having a three-branch government. You know, we're not going to do what the English does. But they do do what the English do. <laughs> you know, England went all over the place trying to seize uh, countries and territories for British rule. America's done the same thing with 14 different countries around the world that they still are underneath America rule. But they, Americans don't even talk about them. You don't hear about it in American news. You know, you don't hear about, you know, you heard about Puerto Rico because why? There was a flood or a tornado down there. 
but they don't talk about Macronesia. You know, Macronesia is a part of America. You know, are one of the 14 territories. You know, Cal- uh, Hawaii used to be one of the 14 territories, or 15, I guess, back when, when that was being established. But now it's just a state in the United States. So what made Hawaii a state over Micronesia and Samoa and all these other places, you know, that they don't talk about. So, I mean, they try to make it seem like it's just within this, you know, beautiful states, you know, this big big old country that's tied to South America and Canada, but yet there's other countries that we still own and underneath a form of British rule. So even though it's not British, I'm saying America is trying to be Little Britain, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm speaking proper. <laughs> even our language, language, that just proves my point, even our language is backwards. We speak slang, you know, it's so confusing to foreigners because every five to ten years there's a new slang maybe even two years you know there's always some new phrase that's being said something that someone has to go what does that mean you know like i'm learning this you know generation z or millennial crap right now i don't know just learned simps and all this other nonsense i never heard of before you know karens and this and that where does all this crap come from you know then you find out someone's got a music video or a rap video and they stole that from that you know, it just doesn't make any sense, or a movie, so someone comes over, and you start talking to them, and you say some stuff, like, huh, what the hell are you talking about, even myself, you know, I'm Generation Xer, I say things, and they'd be like, what is that, man, <laughs> you know, what are you talking about, it's a, and I get that from young people, like, what is that, man, what you just say, so, with all that happening, you know, and English is just supposed to be, just the proper English, we're supposed to quick speak the Queen's English, we're supposed to establish our dominion over the little people. <laughs> but in America, we speak American English. But no one calls it American English. They just say, oh, we speak English. Well, we can even confuse an English person. And English people confuse themselves because they got little phrases that are all backwards so it's like and that's and that's and then why i just said that is because like you you think of it as backwards because americans speak a certain way but in british eyes we speak backwards to them so it's just all crazy it's just a big twist and turn and everyone's confusing everybody and because america wants to be baby britain it automatically wants to go against its parents rules and it's even english is even considered the, the mother country you know, it's like my dad went over to Britain and Europe, took photos of everything. And this was, I don't know how many years ago now. Uh, anyway, he came back with all these photos. I don't know if he went to my brothers and sisters first, but he came to me and he was like, Shelby, I went over to England and I did this and that. And I was in Great Britain and went to Wales and all that stuff. And, you know, he showed me all these photos and things. And he's like, yeah, it feels good to be in the mother country. And I'm thinking in my head, the first thing I think is, <clears throat> you know, first thing I was thinking because we're, you know, we're black folk. I'm like, English not the mother country. He's a black man. <laughs> but I knew what he meant. We're American, and we're born in America. We raised in America, and speak and act American. So that means we are the children of America, as well as the country of England. 
people there are English and the children of England. And any other place in the world is the same thing. But because they're automatically tied together, like I said, America, baby Britain, America, England is, and Britain is the, the pretty much the mother country. And so, and that was just the whole concept of that is what I'm trying to say is that we can't escape that part. You know, no matter how history makes it look, in any way they can say England's the enemy, but that king, I think it was uh, Charles at that time, uh, you know, you know the whole separation between them two, America and King Charles, or I think it was, I want to say George, but for some odd reason I'm thinking I'm talking about like, no, no, because King, yeah, oh, I'm not going to get all into history, but the whole point is this, okay? It was just funny how he said that, like, it's the mother country. But so you gotta understand that even if a country is separated and divided and it's, it has established itself a certain way, it has roots somewhere. Some ties come from someplace else. And because these other countries get new and created, there's always the country it originated from who feels it has some kind of weight over it, some kind of power, some kind of persuasion over the new country but the new country will always be backwards to the original country because of the fact that it will always try to create something new to be different and us being different from each other and from society and the world makes us backwards as people and a society and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so (laughs) and I'm pretty much going to say this was moral high ground. And I want you just to think, come up with your own ideas on what you think makes us backwards. Or are we backwards? Does the rest of the world seem backwards? Or is it just our concept on life and reality and the things we believe and choose to throw aside as waste? You know? Anyway, peace be with you all. Farewell.